Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. This is Gary Neron welcoming you to the Lamp and Light broadcast, coming to you from the studios of Central Baptist Church in beautiful Ocala, Florida. Lamp and Light is a ministry taking a book of the Bible verse by verse, teaching as it is to men as they are, without compromise or apology, speaking the truth in love, and our purpose is to give the lamp and light to all. Last week in our study of Hebrews chapter 10, we saw that a Christian who returns to worldly things actually shows contempt for our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's continue with that thought today. Now, here is our teacher and pastor, Dr. Andy Bloom. So don't miss the greater sin here. To show contempt for someone's son is a sin against that father. To trot underfoot the Son of God is to sin against God the Father. Rebellion against the standards and the holiness to which we are called as Christians is a sin against God the Father. Because Christian means Christ-like. We are to seek to live Christ-like. Remember, Jesus Christ left heaven's glory to forever confine himself to humanity. Although he maintains his deity, for the rest of eternity, Jesus will also have a human body. He died for our sins. To go back to the way of the world and sinful flesh is then to show contempt, especially when it involves the compromise of doctrine and his word. And so he goes on in verse 29 and says, And hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing. Now, there are those who try to change the word he to mean Christ. But if you do that, it goes completely against the context of this passage. That blood by which you're set apart, that is sanctified, is now considered an unholy thing. In other words, you got saved and cleansed of your sin. Now you start calling for liberty instead of to the Spirit, to be free from sin and the desires of the flesh, now you're calling for liberty to the flesh, to do whatever it pleases. Now, in that day, they called it Gnosticism. Today, there are a lot of preachers calling it liberty or grace. Grace awakening. Well, if that's a grace awakening, then my friend, the sky is not blue, it's pink. So, again, that, that is, that is, that is just totally, totally wrong. Totally wrong. Now, we see it is not only a sin against the Father here, it is a sin against the Son, who, in love, shed his blood for us. Now, let me read Hebrews 12, 2 through 4, and see how this fits in the context with the entire book of Hebrews. Looking unto Jesus, the author, and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Now our present text 
is, I believe, warning against growing weary and faint in your mind. It is a sin against the Son, and is counting His blood as an unholy thing. Now, the word counted has the idea of a definite decision or work in which one counts or places in his asset side this thing. Here it is counting the blood of the covenant as unholy. He considers it an asset on his part for the world to think that he is cool because he is unholy. He goes on to say, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Now, of course, we see this is a sin against the Holy Spirit. When you do, despite to the Spirit of grace. When we see the t- terminology, Spirit of grace, we know the Holy Spirit is involved. Let me read to you from the book of Jude, verse 4. For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, in other words, you remove all the restraints to the flesh. Let it do what it wants. That is to do despite to the spirit of grace. People call for liberty to the flesh. Hey, I can drink, I can smoke, I can do this, I can cuss, I can divorce as many times as I want, I can do these sins, I can gossip, I can run down this, I can use rock music in church. They're doing despite unto the spirit of grace. To do despite is to insult. That's what it means. To do despite is to insult. This is either adding works, or it's the easy believism that leaves out repentance as refers to salvation. It is the people who may be saved, but now start saying, well, there are many roads to heaven. Now, my friend, grace gives us what we don't deserve. But it's given on condition, not of works, lest any man should boast, but it's given on the condition of heart belief and heart repentance. Because God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because one day he will judge the world by that man whom he hath appointed heir of all things, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. We also read in Second Peter three nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We also have that same idea in Luke thirteen three, when Jesus himself said, Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. There he's talking about going to hell. So again, it's given on the salvation is given on the condition of a heart belief and a heart repentance. It is a willingness for him to take away my sin. Therefore, when I go back into false doctrine and sin, it is to insult This very spirit of grace that sanctified and saved me, or sanctified or saved you. In this passage, then, we see a Christian sinning against the Trinity. Now you're seeing the true offense of sliding. 
That's sliding back. Have you ever been convicted of God's call to do something and you didn't do it? You were almost persuaded, but didn't. There have been people who told me they were called to preach, but they didn't follow it up. Now they're paying for it. Why? Because they insulted the Holy Spirit of God. So we've seen the willful sin in verses 26 and 27, and we've seen an illustration of it among God's people in the Old Testament in verses 28-29. Now we're going to see God's carrying out judgment in verses 30 and 31. First of all, let me read verse 30. For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. Again, that takes us back to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 35 and 36. God says, To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand. And the things that shall come upon them and make haste. For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants. When he seeth that their power is gone and that there is none shut up or left. The Greek word translated vengeance denotes out of justice. In other words, when we read here, in verse 30, vengeance belongeth unto me. It is not about repaying through indignation because someone has offended or harmed. That's not what it's about. God's judgments are righteous and holy. They are free from any element of self-gratification or vindictiveness. Matter of fact, in Ezekiel, he says that he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He wants him to repent. It is like spanking your children. You don't do it because they made you mad and you're taking it out on them. Rather, it is out of love. You do it to correct bad behavior, to prevent it from happening again. So when he says, I will recompense, it simply means he will give just retribution. Retribution that is just. It is interesting that verse 29 The man counted, and now he is recompensed for what he has counted. He counted the blood of Christ in verse 29, whereby he was sanctified, an unholy thing. (laughs) And now God justly pays him back. And so God's justice, his vengeance, the Lord's vengeance, is out of justice, not through indignation of getting even, because you offended him. But this is the thing that we need to see in this verse. The Lord shall judge his people. In 1 Peter four sixteen through 19, that I referred to earlier but did not read, it says, Yet if any man suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. 
And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Now, we've told you before, but verses 26 to 31 are one entire paragraph in the Greek. So now we see the paragraph's concluding thought on all that's been said. The judgments addressed then in this passage is regarding his people, the saved. Judgment begins at the house of God. The Lord will judge his people. But their judgment will not be the same as the judgment of the unsaved. Now we see the impact of First Peter. Scarcely be saved is the same as saved so as by fire. Also, it's the same as being ashamed at his appearing, as First John 2.28 says. This is your radio pastor, Pastor Andy Bloom, saying, May the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway today. We want to thank you for listening to the Lamp and Light broadcast. If you would like a CD copy of today's message by Dr. Bloom, send us your name, mailing address, and include the radio station by which you are listening and the date of the broadcast. We would appreciate a gift of $5 to Lamp and Light Broadcast, 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, Ocala, Florida, 34471. You may also visit us on the website and freely download the sermons by clicking on the Sermon Library. That website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. Again, the address for the Lamp and Light broadcast is 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, O-C-A-L-A, Florida, 34471. And again, our website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. This is your announcer, Gary Neron, saying, May God's peace be with all that are in Christ Jesus. Stand so the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand when the earth shall crumble. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the Bible stands. I will plant.